Hey, what's up everyone? Welcome back to Babylon Talmud. Today we're studying Daf Samach, Daf 60 of Masech the Shabbos. A uh, quick overview before we begin. Um, we're going to talk about, right, the Mishnah says that a woman should not go out with a ring that does not have a seal on it on Shabbos. Um, but if she does, she's not chayvasachatas, i.e. it's patravel asr. We're going to discuss that for a bit. And then we get to a new Mishnah, and once we get to the new Mishnah, we're basically going to be talking about shoes with spikes in them. Uh, and that'll basically take us to the end of the daf. So I hope you're excited about shoes with spikes. Um, and if you are excited about shoes and spikes, then um, this is the daf for you. So stay with us. Uh, let's get started. So we're going to start on um, um, daf Nuntes Amud Beis, about eight lines from the bottom. Where it says, um, bikatla. Okay. So a woman should not go out on Chavez with a katla. What is this katla? So we actually, um, came into it. We actually ran into it the other day. What was it? Two days ago. Um, my katla, minakta pare. Okay. A bib. Apparently, um, women would, would wear bibs. I guess it was like a, like fashion thing. But anyways, uh, yeah, that's what it was. So there's, uh, like, yeah, some kind of bib that would, like, collect crumbs when they would eat. And, uh, Rashi gives an alternative, uh, explanation, which also could be some kind of thing that she would, like, also wear across her neck to connect, like, the two ends of her, uh, like, clothing, like, on her neck or something. Um, yeah, that's what I kind of understand it. I don't know, maybe if there's, like, modern, like, uh, clothing that's similar, that I'm just not, like, noticing. Uh, I don't know. Let us know, I guess. Nizamim, af. okay? It says that a woman should not go out wearing a nose ring. Well, yeah, wearing nizamim, and the Gemara clarifies for us that that is talking about nose rings. Um, and the, the concern is that she may take it off to show her friend. That is not the case by earrings, because earrings, I guess, uh, I think Rashi says they were under some, I guess she was wearing something on her head, and the earrings would be kind of like difficult to access and get in and out because of like this, I don't know, thing that she was tying around her head. All right. It could be hard to like imagine all these like detailed clothing descriptions sometimes, but I don't know. Maybe we should make these things like more alive and contemporary. That, 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 that would be a cool project, I guess, to kind of actually really, uh, think about these things and conceptualize them and then make designs and draw based on them. That could be a fun little project. It actually could be a really fun project. The question is if I'll do it. Maybe, maybe we could do it as a group. I think maybe that's the motivation I would need. If we, if we, if we do a group Babylon Talmud project like this to make really cool modern designs of what we think that like clothing may have looked like 2000 years ago, that would be really fun and interesting. I just need the motivation to do it. If anybody wants to do it with me, um, we, we could work on it and we can do really cool stuff. I bet you it'll be really cool. You won't be disappointed. Ah, uh, I just need the inspiration to do it. All right. Now, uh, let's move on. Let's move on. Let's move on. Let's move on. Maybe we'll do it. Okay. Anyways. Uh, so, not with a ring that doesn't have on it a seal. Okay. So, we say in the Mishnah that if a woman is wearing a ring that doesn't have a seal. What's a ring that doesn't have a seal? A ring. Like, I don't know, she's wearing like a regular ring, okay? And um, so we're saying don't go out with it on Shabbos. Uh, but if you do, no sweat. You don't have to bring a korban or anything. Okay, so now the Gemara says the implication being that, yeah, if it doesn't have a seal, if it's just a regular ring, so then, so then, um, so then she, it's pater avalaser. But if it does have a seal, then it would be mamish asr. It would be chayavas, she'd be chayavas a korban chatas. So ama lav tachshitu. Which means, therefore, that a ring that has a seal on it, and I think that these are seals that they would like, you know, basically stamp onto like letters and things like this to, to, to make it, make sure that nobody's tampering with it. Um, so then it wouldn't be a, 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 an adornment anymore, a tachshit, if the ring has a seal. Vraminu, but one second, we have a question. Okay, we say that adornments of women are mekabel Okay, and the following are adornments of women. Okay, listen closely. Katlaos, these bibs, 
Nizamim, uh, these are actually ear rings, not nose rings. As we're going to see, we're going to mention ear rings separately. Vitabaos, as well as regular rings that you put on your fingers. Okay, those would be considered tachshitim. And now the Gemara, and now this Brisa clarifies. Vitabaas, when we say tabaas, ben she'eshaleachosam, When we say tabaas, that we're saying our makabal it's whether, and well, we're saying they're makabal and we're also saying that they are tachshitim, that they are adornments. And we're saying whether it has a seal on it, whether it doesn't have a seal on it. Hmm. So it sounds like all rings, whether they have a seal, whether they don't have a seal, would be considered a tachshit, would be considered an adornment. Um, fine. Vinizme'af, and then the, uh, the, um, um, Bryce concludes that also, um, nose rings would be, um, um, considered, uh, adornments. I don't know what I said. When I said nizamim earlier, I meant to say earrings. Did, did I, did I say that? Nizamim earlier was earrings, and this are nose rings. Okay. Now, the Brisa said that rings, whether they have a seal on it, whether they don't have a seal on it, okay, would be considered a tachshit and adornment, and therefore would be makabel tumah. So, if that's the case, then how come our Mishnah is saying that um, if davka, if the ring does not have a seal on it, it's patravelaser, implying that if it has a seal on it, you'd be chayvachatas. But I thought we're saying it's an adornment. If it's an adornment, then you shouldn't be chayva korban chatas. Um, you know, that, right, then it's mutter gratushusarab with an adornment. Um, at least midaraisa. So that's the Gemara's kasha. So Amr Abzera, oh, so Abzera comes to answer the kasha. Low kasha, no problem. Harab harabana. Easy. Our Mishnah that says that you're not allowed to go out with a, uh, right, that if you go, or if you go out with a ring with a seal on it, you'd be chayva chatas. That's Rabbi Nechemya. This brysa that's saying that rings, whether they have or whether they don't have a seal, are nonetheless an adornment. That's the chachamim. Let's see. Ditanya, as we learn in a brysa, he shall mateches, vichosama shall almog. This we also saw the other day, I think on Nudbezam and Bez, I think, that if you have a ring that is made out of metal, and it has on it a seal that is made out of uh, wood, Tamea, the ring is going to be Tamea because since the ring itself is metal, and Pshute clay Matechos, just regular old um, vessels made out of metal are Mikabal Tumah, so therefore this ring will be Mikabal Tumah even though it has a uh, wooden seal on it. Now, he shall almog if the ring part is made out of wood and the seal is made out of metal, Tahora, it's not Mikabelas because the ring is the important part, and the ring is made out of wood, and Pshute clay eights, just regular old wooden vessels that don't have like a receptacle on them, um, are not Mikabel Tuma. So therefore it would be Tahora. Rabbi Nechemya mitame. However, Rabbi Nechemya would say that a ring that is wooden and has a metal seal on it, would taka bitame. How come? Shahayu Rabbi Nechemya Omer, because Rabbi Nechemya would say, bitabas halech achar chosama. That when you have a ring, the important thing that we go by is the seal. And therefore, since the seal is made out of metal, that's what we care about. And therefore, it will be makabal tumah because it's metal. And, and therefore, for our case, since Rabbi Nechem's opinion is that you go based on the seal, so a woman going out with a ring that has a seal on it, well, we, the most, the thing that we care about is a seal. And a seal is not a adornment. It's not a, uh, tachshit. It's a, it, it's, it's a, it's, it's a masoi. It's a burden. And therefore, um, that's why you'd be chayev echatas. Now, the Brisa continues that Rabbi Nechemi says, Ba'ol halechachar samlonav, that when it comes to a yoke of a cow. Now, uh, a yoke of a cow is like these, like, um, like pieces of wood that they would, like you would have two cows, like walking next to each other. And then you would kind of, connect them with like a piece of wood above their neck and a piece of wood below their neck and then you have like these two pegs that hold the two pieces of wood together and then you'd have the two cows and you would have like a plow attached to the yoke and they'd kind of walk and the plow would kind of plow the field anyways so Rabbi Nehemiah's opinion is that the most important part in the yoke is not the you know boards of wood on top and bottom rather it's the pegs that are holding them into place he seems like the uh the the what's it called uh, 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 non-conformist over here. He has like the sort of unique opinion that he's always looking at like the, 
the little piece, and that's his most important part. It's the seal on the ring, it's the pegs in the yoke. If you have so a kolav in modern Hebrew is um, a hanger. So apparently back then they would have some kind of and Rashi describes some kind of thing that was, I guess, shaped like a modern day hanger. It was like a triangle and it was made out of like wood. And you would knock these pegs there in. You, you would, you would put some pegs into the, into the, uh, this, into this wood triangle thing. And you would then hang belts and stuff like that on these metal nails. And that's how you would sell like, uh, belts and straps. You would kind of walk around with this thing and there would be belts hanging from it. And, and that's how people would see them. So, uh, Rabbi Nechami says that on this thing, you would go after the nails. Okay. Uh, if we're talking about a ladder, the most important thing would be the rungs. And if you have some kind of a, 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 a scale and the scale was like one, uh, tall beam vertical, and then you'd have another tall beam across the top, like a T. And then from that top beam that's making the T, you would have like the letter T. So then you would have, um, like these chains hanging off. And on the chains would be like this plate that you'd put the thing that you're weighing on. So those chains, that little detail of the, of the, of the, of the, of the scale, the, those chains hanging down from the top part of the scale, that is the most important according to Ibn Khamiya. Okay. But remember, going back to, um, the beginning of this opinion of Rabbi Nechemia, the most important thing of the ring would be the seal, and the seal is a masoi, and therefore that's why she would be chayevus a korban chatas for going out to Rosh Hashanah with them, and therefore the author of our Mishnah is Rabbi Nechemia. And the Chacham and Everything goes based on what is holding the thing, you know, the, the sort of thing that the thing is on. How is that for a description? So, meaning, on a ring, the, sure, you have the seal, but the seal is like, you know, attached to a ring. The ring is sort of the base for it. So, that would be the most important thing according to the Chachamim, right? So, and by the yoke, the most important thing are, is the yoke part, not, not the nails that, right, not the pegs that are holding the yoke together, right? Uh, on the ladder, it would be the wooden uh, beams of the ladder, etc. Okay. Fine. And therefore, the Chacham say that on a ring, the most important thing would be the actual ring part. And therefore, it would be considered a tachshit, even when there is a seal on it. And she would not be chayvas chayvas according to the Chachamim for going out with the Tershasarabim. Rava, so that was Abzeir's opinion. Now, Rava Amar. Litzdadim katane. Oh. So, Rava says you actually have to understand this brysa, right? When it says that vitabaz ben she'eshelechosim ben she'enelechosim. It's actually talking about two different things. Right, whether there's a chosum, whether there's no chosum, it's talking about two different things. Right, one of them is talking about a male, a, a ring for a, a, a man, and one of them is talking about a ring for a woman. Right, so, so Rava Amar Litzdadim Katani, you have to like kind of divide it into two sides. Okay, Yeshale Chosam Tachshid Deish. When it says that if there is a um, ring, it would be considered a a a um, no. If there would be a seal, it would be considered an adornment. That means it would be considered an adornment for a man. Okay, the assumption is that uh, a seal would be more of like a something that a man would be going out with and using for like business and stuff like that. Um, okay, and if there's no um, seal on this ring, then it would be a, an adornment for a woman and a woman would be allowed to go out with it. However, if so, therefore, that brisa that says that when you have a ring, whether it has a seal, whether it doesn't have a seal, it's considered a tachshit. That doesn't mean that whether it has a seal or not, it would be a tachshit for a woman. It means whether or not it has a seal, it would be a tachshit. But if it has a seal, the tachshit is for a man. If it doesn't have a seal, the tachshit is for a woman. Now, if a woman would wear, would go out to Shusharam with this ring that has a seal, well, then she's not wearing what would be considered a tachshit for her, and it would be a masoi, and she would be chayav as a korban chatas. Weiter. Rav Nachman Bar Yitzchak Amar says the holy Rav Nachman Bar Yitzchak, the Mari de Uvda, as we learned the other day, a good Balmidos, somebody with very good characteristics, an upstanding individual. Amar Tuma Ashabis Karamis. One second, one second, one second. According to Rav Nachman Bar Yitzchak, he says you, you, you're confusing different topics, okay? Our Mishnah said that if a woman goes out to Rosh Hashanah, okay, on Shabbos, um, with a ring that has a seal, she's chayavis a korban chatas, and it wouldn't be considered an adornment. Okay, fine. Now, we have a, a different brisa that says that regarding tuma, regarding tuma, whether it has a seal or not, it would still become tame. 
Shabbos and Tumah are different things with different, you know, considerations. Okay, so so Tumah klimaisa amarachmana uchlihu. When it comes to Tumah, and we're trying to figure out is this ring going to be makabel Tumah or not? So what we're taking into consideration is that, as the pasuk says, klima aset. It has to be a vessel that you can use. And a ring with a seal is certainly a vessel that you can use, and therefore it will be mikabel tumah. Okay? Shabbos mishum masui amrachmana. Ein aleachosam tachshid yeshaleachosam masui. Shabbos, what we're taking into consideration when we're trying to figure out, can she go out with it or not? We're, we're, we're saying, well, would this be considered a burden or not? Would it be considered a masui? If the answer to that question is yes, it would be considered a burden, well then she won't be able to go out with it. And therefore, um, a, ring that has a seal on it would be uh, considered a burden and therefore she cannot go out with it. If it doesn't have a seal on it, it wouldn't be a burden and therefore it would be a um, adornment and she can go out with it. And we also say that a woman should not go out with a um, needle that um, does not have a hole in it, meaning a regular needle for like sewing or whatever, I guess, would have like a hole for a thread to go in. Um, if the needle doesn't have uh, a hole in it, then it could be theoretically used for some kind of uh, adornment. And therefore, she would be able to go out to Rosh Hashanah with it. Well, the Mishnah says not to, but, you know, even if she does, she wouldn't be chayv a korban chatas, right? And So the question is, uh, what, what, what's the reason to assume that it would be an adornment? Because if it was a masoi, then it wouldn't be allowed at all. So the Maichazer, what's it fit for? Amrav Yosef, Isha, Ogeres Basaira. Okay. So Rav Yosef says, look, if you have a woman and she's wearing some kind of a hat or a, a hair covering and there are stray hairs that didn't make it into the hat or the hair covering, so what she can do is she could take this needle, wrap around some hair around the needle, stick the needle into her like, hat or hair covering and then um, and then she can go out with it and and, and that's what it would be um, good for okay and we're saying right not to not to do it but you wouldn't be a korban khatas but one second if that's the case that she's like using this needle to kind of wrap hair around it and stick it into her hat okay well then that should be like a uh, oh I th- uh, a garter I think I got that right. It, uh, it's totally women's clothing. Um, it's totally like women's clothing stuff. I'm not an expert uh, by any means. But garter, it's like this thing that I think women wears, wear like to hold up their stockings or something. They like strap it into their stockings, I think. And then uh, it like holds them up. So we say that that would be permitted, right? Because it's like clothing that, it, it, you know, she needs it to kind of hold up her stockings. So... It would be allowed. So Abai says, like, why? So if she's using this needle to kind of wrap her hair around it, you know, um, and then stick it into her hat, like, what should be the problem? That should be totally okay. So Ella Tirgma Ravada Narsha commented to Rav Yosef. So rather, Ravada Narsha explains in front of Rav Yosef what is this uh, machat thing that we say is Pater Avalaser. So Hovisha Cholek is Basaira. Okay. It's some kind of needle that I guess a woman would use, like, as a comb, I guess, to kind of, uh, you know, split her hair. Now, so what are you going to use it for on Shabbos that would, you know, make it an adornment? Okay, well, it's not just a plain needle. It's a plain needle that has some kind of a uh, metal plate, uh, a golden plate at the end that I guess you can use to comb her hair or something. No, or just like a golden plate at the end. So, so during the week, she'll use... So there's like basically two ends, right? So there's like the needle part, which has the pointy end that somehow she would use to like uh, comb her hair or like split her hair. Um, and then if on the other end, there's like this gold piece and um, that she could use to uh, like, and that, that she could theoretically just kind of like hang down on her forehead and it would look really nice. So, so, um, behold, during the week, cholek is basire. So during the week, she uses like the needle part to like divide her hair. And during the and on Shabbos she can kind of like have the golden part be on her forehead and it'll look really nice. So we're saying that you shouldn't, you know, it's an adornment, so you won't be high of a korban chatzos, but still don't go out with it because I guess that we're concerned that she might take it off and show her friends. Okay, sounds pretty cool. Oh, so a man should not go out with a, a shoe 
that has like spikes coming out of the bottom of it. We're going to learn a little bit about shoes with spikes coming out of the bottom of it now. Okay. That's funny. So you shouldn't go out just wearing one shoe. Um, and that's only, we're not really going to get into that today, so I can't tell you too much information about it, but that's only as long as uh, he doesn't have an injured foot. So just like in regular circumstances, uh, a, per, a man should not go out wearing one shoe. And Rashi gave um, two, two, two explanations. One is because of the yentas. We don't want the yentas thinking that um, maybe he's got his other shoe up his sleeve or something and he's carrying it. Ay, 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 ay. And the other option is that maybe he'll be embarrassed. That he'll think people are laughing at him because he's only wearing one shoe. So he's going to take off the other shoe and carry it. And that, and that wouldn't be so gishmak. Okay. Velo bitfilin. And uh, he also shouldn't be, uh, I guess, carrying or maybe even wearing his tefillin. I don't know. We'll have to see. Velo bitkamiya He can't go out with a uh, amulet. As long as the amulet has not been proven to be effective. But once it's been proven to be an effective amulet, then you can wear it. And not with like armor, not with a helmet, and not with boots. Okay. But if he does go out with these items, he's not chayvachatas because you know you know even these like boots and armor and helmets and stuff. Theoretically, uh, you know, if it was during the week and it was wartime, so that would just be a regular article of clothing, so it'd be okay. Okay. We are. Uh, I think that we are. Uh, jo, uh, Bo- Bobo is 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 joining us. Now he's starting to come out, so I got to. Uh, I'm, I'm. I'm going to focus. I'm going to focus. Try to focus on the Gemara and not on the noise. Sandal amasumer. Okay, so if you have a, a sandal that has nails in it, my time. So what's the problem with sandals that have these pegs coming out of the bottom? These nails coming out of the bottom. So Shmuel. So Shmuel said, hayu. There was some kind of a, a dangerous. Um, you know, there, there was one of those periods where it was, of Jewish history where it was very dangerous um, to go out. And the Yidden, unfortunately, had to hide from their oppressors. Okay? And, they, and there were a bunch of Yidden that were hiding in a cave. And they made a rule. So it's, it's a one-way entrance over here, right? Uh, if you want to come into the cave, you can come into the cave, but you can't leave the cave. The reason being that... You know, before you enter into the cave, you're going to look around and make sure that none of the enemies are, 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 are looking. So, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll enter into the cave safely. But once you're in the cave, there's no way to know what's going on around the cave. And it's very uh, perilous to leave the cave because, you know, when you leave, you don't know who's going to notice you and you can't, there's no way of knowing in advance who, who's around. So therefore, once you're in, you got to stay in. Now, nepach sandalo shel echad meyen. And what happened was somebody was wearing a shoes with spot a shoe with spikes, and he was wearing it backwards. Apparently, it was just basically pretty primitive shoe, and I guess you just kind of strap it on your foot, and you could theoretically put it on backwards. Um, now, somebody came into the cave wearing shoes that were on backwards. So, if you would look at the marks of the spikes, and it would appear as though he was leaving the cave, even though he was really coming into the cave, and they got confused. And Kisvurinheim, they concluded, they thought, um, and they got very nervous that somebody actually left the cave and now the enemies noticed and, you know, found them and foiled their hiding place and they were now going to come and massacre all of them. So, and what ended up happening is that all the people in the cave started pushing each other and fighting with each other and they ended up killing more people on their own than the actual enemies ended up killing them. Um, so that was pretty much a massacre that happened because of these spiky shoes. Rabbi Eli ben Elazar Omer says Rabbi Eli ben Elazar that they were um, all sitting in a cave, okay, and they heard voices coming from on top of the cave, and that's what happened. Meaning, I, I still think that there were the spikes, but basically there was, there was more to the story, which was that now they were in the cave, and they were actually hearing voices, or at least they thought that they heard voices um, on top of the cave. And they uh, assumed the worst, which is that there were enemies all around them, and they pushed each other, and they killed each other more than the enemies uh, killed them. 
Rabbi Cheskel said that Lemaisa they were sitting in a shul. They were sitting in a base of Knesses. Which is interesting that that was like considered a good hiding spot, right? We had a similar thing also with Reb Shim ben Yochai when he had to run away from the Romans for the, for, for the first stage. Uh, he was just learning in a base of Medrash, and apparently that was a good hiding spot. And these guys were also hiding in a base of Medrash. Um, but then Reb Shimon moved to a cave, and over here also the two options that we have, either they were in a cave or they were in a base of Medrash. Interesting that those were the two uh, options. Although, no, they say base of Knesset, but um, I think it's the same idea. Or maybe not. And they heard voices from uh, behind the, the shul. And they assumed the worst, which was that um, uh, enemies, their enemies came to destroy them. And they pushed each other around. And they killed more of each other. More than the enemies killed them. And at that point, they made a gazer and they said, nobody is allowed to go out with these um, spiky shoes on Shabbos um, because of this terrible incident that happened on account of somebody wearing spiky shoes. Um, you know, whatever, he messed up. He wore them backwards, but on account of the spiky shoes, this terrible um, outcome happened. This terrible incident happened. So therefore, no more wearing spiky shoes on Shabbos. So the Gemara wants to know, what does that have to do with Shabbos? If the issue is that there was a terrible thing that happened with spiky shoes, then spiky shoes should just be banned completely. What does that have to do with Shabbos? So the Gemara answers, My Shabbos Hava. The story, right, when this story happened, it was on Shabbos. So because this story happened on Shabbos, their sort of um, ban on spiked shoes is only specifically on Shabbos. Beyond Tiv Lishtri, well, if that's the case, then you should be allowed to wear them on Yom Tiv. Why do we have a Mishnah Masechta Beitza that says, Hava lo sandal musumur velo minal sheno tafur? How can we have a mission that says that you may not go out with a spiky shoe on Shabbos, uh, on, on Yom Tif, and not with a shoe that isn't sewn? So the Gemara answers, well, B'Shabbos my timer, di'ika kinufya, b'yom nami ika kinufya. So we say, yeah, well, you know, right, that's true, but, you know, on Sha- actually, right, so we had this terrible story with the shoe, and forget about Shabbos for a second, Right, the, we had this terrible story with the shoe, and it happened because there were a bunch of people gathered together, and they ended up killing each other because of this shoe. So therefore, whenever we have a bunch of people gathered together, that's when you're not going to wear spiky shoes. So that includes Shabbos and Yom Tov, to which the Gemara says, "Well, tainis tzibur ikel kinufia litzar." So, well, on a, on a public fast day, people are getting together. So why don't we say also that on public fast days, you're not allowed to wear spiky shoes? So my answer is my sekiava bechinufia de isura hach kinufia de aterahu. So the Gemara says, okay. However, the uh, this story with the spiky shoes, not only were people gathered together, they were gathered together on a day that was asur b'malacha. Therefore, it would apply to days that people are gathered together, and it's asur b'malacha like Shabbos, like Yom Tiv, and that is when these spiky sandals are not allowed. Vafil Rab Chanina ben Akiva de Amelo Asu ela biyardin uvesvina. I just read a lot. But let me give you a uh, quick intro to what we're talking about with this Chanina uh, ben Akiva. Basically, there was this one time when they were transporting, uh, apparently it's a, it's a Gemara Masechta Chagiga. I never learned Masechta Chagiga. So, we'll get there. We'll learn it together. But in any event, there was a story in Masechta Chagiga where they had to um, transport some ashes of the Para Aduma. Okay, now ashes of the Para Aduma are very expensive. You know, like it's very rare, right, to get a Para Aduma. That's a halachas about it. Anyways, they had to transfer these ashes of the Para Aduma, and they transferred it across the Yardin um, in a boat. And then it turned out that the boat had a kazayis minames in there. Right, a, 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 a kazayas of a dead body, which means that the boat was an ohel, and everything in the ohel, including this very uh, valuable afer paraduma itself, became tummy, Which is one of the interesting things about afer paraduma as well, right? I Meaning this thing is going to make other people tahor, yet it itself can become tummy. In any event, um, because of that incident, the chacham said, "You know what? Um, no more transporting afer paraduma ashes of the paraduma." Um, you know, um, 
basically at all, as long as it involves water and boats or transporting across water, whether it's in the Yardane, whether uh, it's in any other body of water, whether it's in a boat, whether it's in, you know, a bag on your back and you're swimming across the river, basically the rabbi said any, you know, because of this story, because of this incident, any transporting of Afer Paraduma across bodies of water, I don't care what body of water it is, I don't care whether it's in a boat or a jet skis or anything, not allowed. Now, Reb Hanina ben Akiva said, said, no, we can't just broadly, you know, apply it wherever the heck we want. Only in the specific case would it not be allowed, i.e., it wouldn't be allowed in the Yardane and it wouldn't be allowed in a boat. But as long as it's, you know, not the Yardane and it's not in a boat, right, or maybe even if it's in the Yardane but you swim, then it would be acceptable. Therefore, what we're saying is that even according to Reb Hanina ben Akiva, who says that we don't apply incidents broadly, um, he would nonetheless say that you would be allowed that right that this spiked shoe event can be applied from Shabbos to Yom Tiv because that would still be considered the same and, and that's what the Gemara is saying right so meaning the the this story with the shoes happened on Shabbos but still we can apply this thing where we say don't wear the spiky shoes we can apply it to Yom Tiv as well because Yom Tiv and Shabbos are pretty much the same so 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 this is what the Gemara says. So, so even according to Abchanina ben Akiva, who says that in, you know by by the case of the Efer uh, Para Aduma, the only transporting of it that would be usher is across the Yardane and in a boat, just like was the details of that story. Nonetheless, Hanimile Yardane the shiny Mishar Nairis. That is only, you know, because the Yardane, the Jordan River, is different than other that than other rivers. As Rashi says, Berochav or whether in its own width or it's in its own um, um, depth, and therefore, you know, it's specific to the Yardane and in a boat that you don't transport the Aferbaraduma. But other, um, you know, rivers and things you would be allowed to transport it. However, Yomtiv and Shabbos, they're pretty much the same. As the uh, Mishnah says, I don't even know where this Mishnah is. Where in Beitza? I don't know. That the only difference between Yomtiv and Shabbos uh, is Ochel Nefesh. The only difference is that on, 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 on Yomtiv you're allowed to prepare food. Okay? But otherwise they're exactly the same. And therefore, even though the story of this spiked sandals was on Shabbos, um, the outcome of which was that we don't wear spiked shoes or spiked sandals, um, on Shabbos, it would apply equally to Yom Tiv as well, because Yom Tiv and Shabbos are extremely similar. Friends, let's go weiter. Am Rav Yehuda, Am Shmua, said Rav Yehuda, in the name of Shmua, lo shanu aval muter. Okay? When we say that you're not allowed to wear sandals with spikes on them on Shabbos, um, it's only if the, the, the spikes, these nails that are nailed into them, um, it's only if they are to strengthen the shoe, to give support to the shoe. However, if it's to give beauty to the shoe, if it's to make it look cool, if it's a style, so then it would be permitted. The Chamelinoi, how many of these nails would be permitted if they are for um, stylistic um, interests? So, Rabbi Yochanan Amar, Chamesh, Bazev, Chamesh, Bazev. Rabbi Chanina Amar, Sheva, Bazev, Sheva, Bazev. Rabbi Yochanan says that for um, style, you would be allowed to have five nails on each shoe. Rabbi Hanina says you'd be allowed seven per shoe. Amalei Rabbi Yochanan Rav Shem Bar Abba and Rabbi Yochanan said to Rabbi Shem Bar Abba Azbra Lecha I will explain to you. Lididi when I say um, five nails on each shoe I'm talking about Shtay Mikan Vishtay Mikan Vachas Bitar Siyosa. I'm talking about one nail by the toes on the outer part of the shoe one nail by the heel on the outer part of the shoe one nail uh, by the toes on the inside part of the shoe, and one nail by the heel on the inside part of the shoe, and then you have um, a fifth nail by the straps of the shoe to hold it closed. Fine. And according to Rabchanina, it would be um, three by the toes, three by the heels, and one for the strap. Okay. We have a kasha on Rabbi Yochanan. Sandala note. Okay. If you have a uh, sandal and the sole is kind of rubbing out and it's uneven now. Okay. Oslo Sheva Divir Abnasan. So Abnasan says you can add nine sort of nails to the uh, uh, shoe to kind of even out the sole. All right. Rebbe Matir Gimel. Rebbe says 
that you can use up to 13 of these nails. So I understand Rabbi Hanina's opinion. Rabbi Hanina says seven nails. And Rabbi Nassin in this b'risa says seven nails. Bingo. Rabbi Nassin and Rabbi Hanina match up. Ella. Rabbi Yochanan to Amar Kiman. But who does Rabbi Yochanan say? Rabbi Yochanan says that you're allowed to put five nails in. Who does he line up with? Rabbi Nassin says seven. Rabbi says 13. Nobody says five. So Ella. Rabbi Yochanan to Amar Kiman. Who the Amar Rabbi Yochanan says like Rabbi Nehorai, the Tanya, we learn Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Nehorai, Omer, says the Holy Rabbi Nehorai, Mutter, um, hey Mutter, Vesheva Asr, five nails is allowed, seven nails is not allowed, um, Zel, so Rabbi Yochanan holds like Rabbi Nehorai, Omerle, Eifa, Lirabba, Bar, Barchana, Eifa said to Rabbi Barchana, Atun, Talmidid, Rabbi Yochanan, Amviduk, Rabbi Yochanan, of course, Abu Rabbi, well, of course, Rabbi Barbachana was a student of Rabbi Yochanan. So Eifa says to him, look, you um, are a student of Rabbi Yochanan. So you do like Rabbi Yochanan on a naivid Krab Hanina. But we will do like Rabbi Hanina and add up to seven nails to our shoes. Okay. Bamine Rav Huna Mirav Ashi. Now Rav Huna asks Rav Ashi. Now this is interesting to me, just, you know, in t- like just in terms of generationally. Rav Huna was like a pretty early Amora, right? He was generation two of Amoraim. Um, he was a student of, 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 of uh, I think, Rav and Shmuel, or at least Rav. And Rav Ashi was like fifth generation Amora. So I don't know why Rav Huna would be asking a question from Rav Ashi. I don't know the answer. Maybe it was a different Rav Huna. But in any ways, in any event, Rav Huna Rav Ashi, so Rav Huna asked Rav Ashi, Chamesh Mau, can you put five pegs, uh, five nails in a shoe? Rav Ashi said you can even put in seven. Wow. Okay, test my. What about nine? Even eight are aser. So it sounds like uh, Rav Ashi is pretty much saying like Rav Hanina that you can put in up to uh, seven um, nails, no more. A certain, um, you know, shoemaker asked um, Rabbi Ami. Okay. Tafro mi bifnim mau. Okay. So it sounds like if you basically now add some leather to the, the sandal and you sew it together, making it now into a shoe. Okay. Up until now, we've been talking about um, sandals, really, right? So he's asking, what if you make it now into a shoe? Can you go out with some nails hanging out on the bottom? So Amrle Mutter Vlayadaina Maitaima. So Rabbi Ami answered this shoemaker. He says, yeah, it's no problem. If you add some leather to it and you make it into a shoe rather than a sandal, so then you would be allowed to um, have these nails. It would be no problem. But I don't know why. Right, right. So meaning, sorry. So Rabbi Ami says, I heard from Rabbi Yochanan. So Rashi points out that he heard from Rabbi Yochanan because he, he was a student of Rabbi Yochanan. That, and I think in the cemetery in Tiveria, Kind of like all these rabbis are, are buried there, like Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Amr, Rabbi Asi. Anyways, so, so I think that's where the Rambam is buried as well. So Rabbi Ami answered the shoemaker, says, yeah, you know, as long as you make it into a shoe, it, it would be okay to have these nails, um, but I don't remember why. Amr Rav Ashi, Amr Le Rav Ashi, so Rav Ashi says to Rabbi Ami, which is also um, interesting, because Rav Ashi, I believe, was in Bavla and Rabbi Ami was in Eretz Yisrael, so I don't know why they would be talking to each other. You don't know why it would be allowed. Well, once you kind of sew some leather onto this sandal, it becomes a shoe. And this whole gazera of not going out with sandals with um, like these spikes, these nails sticking out of them, and that's only by sandals because of the story that happened. There was that story with the sandals and that whole bad thing happened. So they said, don't wear sandals with spikes, but shoes would be acceptable. And that is why once you kind of make it into a shoe, you would be allowed to have the nails there. So what if you like, instead of having the nails just being straight and nailing them to the shoes and they'll like stick out at the bottom, what if you kind of like make them into like a horseshoe kind of shape? You kind of like change the shape of it. So Amalei Mutter, so he said to him, it's permitted. It Marnami was also stated, if you make the nails like a horseshoe kind of shape, like a half, like, like a half moon kind of shape, so then it would be permitted. Amr of 
says of Sheshis, Okay. If you kind of like, I think like just surround like the sole of the shoe with um, nails so that like the leather of the sole isn't on the ground and will get like worn out. Like instead you want to put like nails there. So that would be acceptable. We have a brisa in support of Sheshis. Okay. A person should not go out with a sandal that is nailed. And you shouldn't go from one house to the next, I guess, with these sandals. You shouldn't even go from one bed to the next. But you can move this sandal if you want to cover some kind of vessel with it or put it under a bed. I think we talked about that at some point also, like putting something under the bed so that the bottom of like the bed um, poles like don't get worn out. Rebbelazabab Shimon says that you're not allowed to move these sandals, even if it's like to cover a clear or put under your bed, because um, we're concerned that you might end up wearing them. Nashru Rov Masmirosov, what if the majority of the um, nails fell out of the sandal? And there's only like four or five left. Okay, mutter. That would be acceptable. Okay. Rebbe Matir Adsheva, Rebbe is Matir even if there's like up to seven of these um, nails left. Okay. 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 If you somehow cover it with hide below, 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 beneath the sandal, and then you like put, um, nails above it, then it's permitted. Why? I don't know. Maybe that like makes it into like a shoe or something like that. I don't really know. Fine. Oh, so Rashi says, Mutter, since it changed from how it was, because it had to be, everything has to be very similar to that story that happened, you know, and I guess if you add, um, if you like cover it up and, and hide and then you add nails, I guess it's like a different kind of sandal and it's no longer like an authentic sandal like it was in that story, okay? Uh, so, uh, so skip the next two words, if you make the nail, kind of like you flatten it out so that it's like more like, I don't know, it becomes like flat at one end or if you make it like super pointy like a peg. And this is the important part. Or that you completely cover it in nails so that the ground doesn't, you know, wear out and, and you know, decompose or whatever, mess up the 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 um, leather. So then it is permitted. And that is the support for Evsheshes who says just that, that if you cover it in nails so that it doesn't mess up the leather, it's permitted. So the ground doesn't mess up the leather, it's permitted. Hagufakasha. So one second, one second, one second. We have a question. On the one hand, On the one hand, you said that if the majority of the nails fall out, then it would be permitted. Even though there's still a lot left, right? Let's say there were 100 nails. I'm sure that's way more than you can get in there. But let's say there were 100 nails in the shoe, and 51 of them, which is the majority, fell out. So we're saying that that would be permitted. But then we say, right, right, 51 fell out. So now there's 49 left. We said that that would be permitted. But Vadutani, then we say Arba Ochamish in Tfelob. Then we say only if there are four or five left, it would be allowed, but not more than that. So one second, is it four or five or is it the majority? What's the important thing? So depends. If like the nails kind of fell out and you can see where the nails were before, so then even if there's a lot more than four or five, it's okay because it's clear that like this is not how it was originally. And you know, initially it fell out, and because it kind of changed from how it was, so therefore it's not like the um um, and, and as long as you could see that it, it's not, you know, it, it's different than the way that it was originally, so then it would be acceptable. Where if they kind of completely get removed and you can't even tell that they were there originally, so then you have to worry about how many spikes you have, and there can only be four or five there. Okay? Arba o chamish mutter. We said four or five. Which one is it? Four or five? Be specific. Hash chamish shari arba mibaya. If you're allowed to have five nails there, well then certainly you can have four. So like, what's it do with four or five? Amar frizda arba misandal cotton. So if it's a small um, uh, shoe, so then four would be the max. If it's a large shoe, you can have leeway of an additional fifth nail. The Rebbe Matur Sheva, Rebbe says that you're allowed to have up to seven nails. Vatani Rebbe Matur Didn't we learn earlier on in the page that by this sandal that was rubbed out, where the sole was rubbed out, you can add up to 13 nails? So why is he saying seven? So no to shiny. So the Gemara says it's different when we're talking about a worn out um, sandal. That's why Rebbe says you can have up to 13. 
Hmm, Ashtadas is Lahachi, the Rabbi Yochanan Ami, Lokasha. Well, once we're saying that a uh, sandal that's worn out is different, well, you could have just answered the same way for Rabbi Yochanan. Because remember, we brought in that whole um, worn out sandal thing earlier because Rabbi Yochanan said that you can have up to five nails in a sandal. Okay, and we said, well, one second, we know that a worn out sandal, um, Rabbi, uh, Rabbi Nelson says you can have at seven nails, Rabbi says 13, and we were kind of like... Um, What's it called? Like, um, I'm forgetting the word now, but we were kind of like, you know, we're running around trying to find a, uh, support for Rabbi Yochanan who says five. And we found Rabbi Nehorai who said five as well. But you could have just answered by saying that price is talking about a, um, worn out sandal. And that's why nobody, you know, and that, and that's, you know, you can't compare that to Rabbi Yochanan who's not talking about a worn out sandal. Um, okay. So the Gemara says, yeah, you could have said that, by the way. Right, you could have said, right now, now that we say that, you know, even Rebbe, you know, by worn out sandal, he says 13, but by regular sandal, um, you would say seven. So you could kind of answer the same way for Rebbe Yochanan. You can even say that, like Rebbe, uh, Rebbe Nassin, who by worn out sandal says seven, he would say by regular sandal five, and you could say that Rebbe Yochanan holds like, like Rebbe Nassin. Okay, say it. We found Rebbe Noorai. So, Shalom so everybody's happy. Amr of Masna. Said of Masna, of Amrila, Amr of Achtavoy by Masna, Amr of Masna. Some say it was of Achtavoy, the son of Masna, who said the name of Masna. Ain Allah Kabalazar Bib Shimon. The Allah is not like Kabalazar Bib Shimon. Right? We said that you could take a sandal that has these nails in it and you can use it to cover some kind of a, a clee or to put under a bed. Rabbi Shimon ben Allah said you're not allowed to because you're scared you're going to wear it. So it comes of Masna to say that the Allah is not like Kabalazar Bib Shimon. So I don't know if I say Rabbi Shimon ben Allah just now, but I definitely meant to say Rabbi Bib Shimon. So Pshita. Uh, obviously, the halacha is not like Rabbi Lazar Reb Shimon. Yachid Rab Malacha Krabim. Obviously, we know that whenever whenever you have a single opinion against the consensus opinion, we go like the consensus opinion and not like the single opinion. So obviously, we're not going to go like Rabbi Lazar Reb Shimon. So Maudetema Mestava Taima Rabbi Lazar Reb Shimon Beha Kamash Malan. I may have thought, well, Rabbi Lazar Reb Shimon gives a reason for it, and it makes sense because we're concerned that you might end up wearing it. So maybe we would pass in like Rabbi Lazar Reb Shimon here. No, we don't. We go like the majority opinion. As always, I'm Rabchia, says Rabchia. This is funny. <laughs> if not for the fact that then I would get the reputation and they would call me the Babylonian who just permits things that are forbidden. So I have a Sharina Beituva. I would have allowed to put lots of nails in shoes, but then um, they would have made fun of me and called me the Babylonian who just says that everything is permitted. Um, and Rashi points out that the Gemara in Sukkah says that um, Rabbi Chia made Aliyah from Bavel to Eretzana. Rabbi Chia was super early, right? He was a contemporary of Rabbi Yehuda Nasi. He was already living in, in, in Bavel, right? He was the uncle of Rav, the great uncle of Rabbi Barbachana. And um, he made Aliyah to Eretz Yisrael, okay? And I guess that in Eretz Yisrael, I guess he was nervous about his reputation of being called the Babylonian who just allows all sorts of um, forbidden things. Okay. Vichama. How much would Rabbi Chia have allowed? Bipumbedisa Amrin Esrin Va'arba. Okay, it would have allowed up to 24 nails in the sandal. Besura Amrin Esrin Vitartin. In Sura, they uh, say it would have permitted up to 22. Amr of Nachum Bar Yitzchak. And says of Nachum Bar Yitzchak, Vesimanech, if you want to remember who says what, well, you could say that Ada'asim Bipumbedisa Lesura Chaser Tarte. Wait, does that even make sense? So if you want to remember, you know, um, who says what, so you could use, remember it by saying, that when he was traveling from Bavel to Yisrael, so when he left Pumpedisa and he passed through Sura, so then already um, two of the two of two of the nails fell out. Meaning he left. He let Kilu imagine he's walking from Pumpedisa to Sura, and he started with 24 nails in his shoes, and then by the time he got to Sura, two of them already fell out, and that's why he only had two left. Um, but coming to think of it, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Pumpedisa was more west in Iraq than Sura was. Sura was more to the east. Now, if, if he was leaving from Pumpedisa to go to Eretz Yisrael, Iraq is to the east of Eretz Yisrael. So if he's left Pumpedisa, he wouldn't be going out of his way to go east through Sura. He would go directly west to go to Eretz Yisrael. So does that even make sense geographically? Or, or maybe is that some kind of a proof that maybe, um, Maybe Sura was actually more west than, than, than Pumpedisa. Um, or maybe I'm just messing these things up, or maybe somebody made a mistake somewhere. I don't know. 
That's interesting, right? Now, I actually looked up Pumpadisa because I was curious to see if Pumpadisa and Narada were the same thing. So we learned actually in Mesefta Brachos, um, I think it was in the context of like having the like Beis Knesset be the highest thing in the in the city. I have to look it up. But anyways, I think we even learned in in um, Narada that uh, in Brachos that Narada was destroyed. So and apparently Narada was destroyed, and after Narada was destroyed, Pumpadisa was then built. And guess what else I I learned? So Pumpadisa is the is the current day this is the modern day city of um, Fallujah. Pumpadisa is Fallujah. Fallujah is like a hot spot in Iraq. Um, there was like a, a big like uh, military operation there during like the Iraqi war with the United States military. Uh, I think it became a big like Islamic State hotspot. Pumpadisa, <laughs> where Raba and Rav Yosef and Abaye, Fallujah. <laughs> Interesting. Anyways, friends, that was Daf Samach of Masechta Shabbos. Uh, let's go over some stuff. So we started out with the uh, question of going out with a ring that has a seal on Shabbos. Right? So, so our Mishnah says if it doesn't have a seal, so it would be Pata Aval Asr. The implication being that if it has a seal, it would be Chai Vachatas. The question is, um, why would it be Chai Vachatas? We have a Bryce in the context of uh, Tumah that says that all rings would be considered um, adornments. And therefore, if they're adornments, you shouldn't be Chai Vachatas for going out with it on Shabbos. So... We have three answers. Reb Zera says that our mission is Rabbi Nehemiah, who says that the main part of a ring is its seal. And therefore, the main thing in the ring is the seal. So, and a seal is not a tachshit. That's why she would be chayavasachat. That's why she would be chayavasachatis if she goes out with a ring with a seal. Rava says that actually, when the Brisa says that whether there's a seal, whether there's no seal, it's considered a tachshit, it, it depends for who. When there's a seal, it's a tachshit for a man. When there's no seal, it's a tachshit for uh, a woman. And therefore, a woman who wears a ring with a seal, um, it would not be a tachshit for her. Therefore, she'd be chayev asachatas. Rav Nachman Bar Yitzhak says that, one second, you're missing everything up. You're, ma- you're mixing everything up. There's Shabbos and there's Tumah. When it comes to Tumah, it's about a klimaase. It's about something that you can use. And a ring with a seal, you can use. Therefore, it's considered, uh, it's going to be makabal Tumah. When it comes to Shabbos, uh, it's about a masui. You know, is it a burden or not? And it's not a tachshit. It's not a beauty. It's not an adornment. It's a burden. And therefore, you can be chayavis on Shabbos. Then we got into this whole, whole thing about shoes, right? Shoes with, we got into a new Mishnah, which had a bunch of things. Then we focused from that Mishnah on the first part, which is about wearing sandals with um, nails sticking out of them because of this unfortunate story where there were a bunch of people hiding in a cave. And due to, you know, somebody messing up with the shoes being backwards and then the footprints made by the nails, um, they all killed each other. So that was a problem. Then we got into all sorts of questions about, um, you know, how many nails can you put into the shoe, right? We said only if it's for, um, you know, if, if, if it's for beauty purposes, you can have up to maybe Rabbi Yochanan says five nails, Rabbi Hanina said seven nails. We you saw all sorts of different machloks in about how many nails can you have uh, in those shoes. And that was basically sort of the Amud Bey's of, of, of the of the of the of the um, of the daf and uh, yeah we said basically that this applies to sandals doesn't apply to uh, shoes and everything is based on that story that happened so if it differs at all from the story that happened so then um, you know it would be permitted on Shabbos uh, okay well friends have a great day.